Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to the bigger picture. Today, the focus is on China. And of course, the economy there is reopening. And the question is whether it's on track for that rebound. And going by some of the data we are getting, it's not entirely clear if we are off to that bullish start that some are hoping for. In fact, some are pointing that we are in for a rather patchy road ahead. So let's check in with our guest today on The Bigger Picture. He is Desmond Soon, Head of Investment Management for Asia X Japan for Western Asset Management. Morning, Desmond, and happy Friday. Happy Friday, Ryan. Hey, uh, good to be here. glad to have you on, Desmond. Yeah, you've been tracking what's been happening in China very closely. So let's take a look at the data you've been observing. So are we seeing China's growth rebound on track? Well, as, as we argued uh, in our recent blog on the China reopening, that uh, the magnitude and the scale of the Chinese economy and its recovery post-pandemic uh, should not be underestimated. And uh, there have been some disruptions uh, in the January data, as you appreciate, because of the uh, early Lunar New Year. But indications on the ground from uh, mobility uh, movements, uh, subway traffic, so traffic jams all over uh, China, seems to be that uh, for February and going forward, there will be a strong consumer-led uh, recovery uh, in China. In fact, some of the mobility data is, uh, is stronger than it was uh, pre, uh, pre-pandemic levels. Yeah, so you do have some bright spots, I guess, that you can look forward to. Uh, so how bright are we seeing these bright spots in the property sector? Are we seeing them yet in terms of the recovery momentum? I think the uh, property market, uh, as you appreciate, uh, it, it is a long-term investment. It is a very big ticket item. Uh, and I think the uh, property market is taking a slower to recover because of that. Uh, we're seeing recovery more on the consumer uh, sector. But that's, that's it, as we argue in our blog, uh, that uh, the government, uh, the Chinese government had thrown, I would say literally, the kitchen sink uh, in terms of uh, measures uh, to support the property market. China has an array of uh, macroprudential measures that they have placed when the market was very heated that they can slowly uh, recalibrate and reduce. So, so there are a lot of levers that the Chinese government uh, can use and, and I would argue that they, they would at least cushion uh, the uh, downside on the property market. And that's what we're seeing the data, that for tier one, tier two cities, uh, sales are picking up uh, in the property market. But a long-term recovery in the property market will require confidence and, and job security and that's not by all means clear. I, I do want to mention that uh, in terms of the data we're seeing, I, I think uh, a lot of the Travel uh, uh, is just picking up to, to the ASEAN countries, to uh, South Korea. They are all just picking up because uh, it takes time for visas to be issued. And then they were uh, initially test for Chinese uh, citizens, Chinese uh, residents. So uh, those will be uh, slowly uh, reduced, in fact, dismantled. Uh, and, and I think uh, ASEAN is yet to see the, the, the pickup in tourism that is coming from the Chinese reopening. Yeah, Desmond, you also outlined that, you know, to buy property, you really need to be confident in terms of your jobs security and have a favorable view of the economy and because yes. this is a big ticket item and if you look at a consumer confidence right now what's weighing on it to be stronger and on the flip side are there any bright spots we can lean on because you've pointed out as well that the chinese consumer has a high savings rate yes 
indeed, uh, Chinese consumer uh, are high savers. Well, I, I think the, the property market's uh, decline has been arrested uh, and, and probably a gradual recovery, particularly in the more high-demand tier 1 cities, uh, tier 1, tier 2 cities are uh, probably in the cards. I, I think uh, how can we sort of benefit from this uh, recovery? I, I think we argue that, uh, you know, that China still has a, I would term it as a 3Ds, right? Structural challenges, one of uh, aging demographics, uh, high debt overload, uh, and also deglobalization. That's very real. So I think the 3Ds continue to be major structural headwinds uh, to the Chinese uh, uh, economic growth. And we rather sort of play both the cyclical as well as the structural benefits. Uh, for, from, for, so, so the cyclical one is one of recovery, tourism, uh, greater investment, but there's also a larger structural shift that's happening to, to the benefit of the ASEAN economies. And as uh, I think George Yeo, uh, our ex-foreign minister, recently pointed out, ASEAN actually plays it right. And we also showed some charts in, in our blog as well that ASEAN will be a major beneficiary uh, for, for Chinese uh, uh, overseas direct investment as well as the uh, China Plus One uh, diversification strategy uh, for supply chain. All right. Well, in conversation with Desmond Soon, he is the Head of Investment Management for Asia, Ex-Japan, Western Asset Management. Let's take a look at the currency, Desmond. So the Chinese yuan actually hit a five-week low against US dollar on Monday. And this is off the back, apparently, the low numbers we saw from South Korea for their first 10 days of February for daily exports. So perhaps a sign of the slump in demand we're seeing and of course all the talk about recession. How much is it going to affect the Chinese economy and the Chinese yuan? In the long term, China uh, will uh, face the deglobalization. That's a major, major challenge. But, uh, you know, I, I think uh, the ASEAN economy, including North Asian economies uh, such as South Korea, A, will benefit from the cyclical recovery. I think the data is pretty spotty because of the Chinese New Year holidays. I think we will see going on to February and March stronger uh, data from, from China, deviating from China. I want to make the point here that Chinese yuan actually, as expected, is trading uh, in the middle of the pack. Uh, it's, it's not outwardly very strong. And, and that's because, uh, you know, when people have been shift uh, in terms of underweights to less underweights, but nobody is really very convicted about raising their bets in China, given the political and geopolitical environment and the threat of sanctions. So it, it's a very uh, bumpy and very difficult uh, journey. But so so the, the other countries that benefit from China's uh, diversification and China ODI, uh, I think that they are in a, on a, a smoother road uh, and, and one should, uh, in a multipolar world, in a, a, a piece that I did for the Business Times uh, many years ago, that in, in a multipolar world, uh, one should uh, try to be focused more regionally and uh, especially to immunize one's uh, liability streams uh, and Asian currencies, initial bonds uh, for Asian-focused investors with Asian liabilities. It is probably something that we should uh, contemplate more, more seriously in our investment strategy. All right, Desmond, just to wrap things up, uh, let's get a take on the risk of geopolitics taking a part in becoming a headwind for China's growth. You know, we've got so many issues playing out, the US-China trade tensions, what's playing out in the chip space, for example. How much of a warning or how much of a risk is this for you when it comes to the Chinese economic outlook? So I think we can call it the new normal in US-China uh, tensions or, or relationship will be the backdrop for investment going forward. Right? That's why I think globalization is something that is uh, increasingly tenuous. 
uh, especially for, for investment and, and something that we have. So I, I think we, we have to be very, very uh, watchful of, of, of this uh, situation, particularly in the run-up to the 2024 US election. Uh, I mean, you, see, you see the balloon star guy, and, and I think it gets more, more heated, the rhetoric, and as well as the uh, tensions uh, will, will rise. Uh, so uh, this is a new normal that we're working on. Uh, and uh, I think uh, for, for investors, uh, one, one should, I think, look at uh, our own backyard, look at uh, our own region because we have better knowledge and, and at the same time it's more in tune with our uh, liabilities uh, and, and something that uh, going forward regionalization in a multipolar world uh, is something that we have to work with uh, in our investment decisions. Yeah, that's a good point Desmond. A lot to watch out for in the air these days including spy balloons. So let's uh, check in with you in a later stage. We'll be chatting with Desmond soon. He's the Head of Investment Management for Asia, ex-Japan for Western Asset Management. Desmond, thanks for your time, man. Have a great weekend. Same to you. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.